Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Hello, Andy. Good Sunday evening. Late Sunday evening for you, sir. Yeah. It's, late. it's honestly, it's late for me to be doing this. Well, I have no concept of time anymore, so. I'm an old man now. I'm like, by the time this show's over, it's going to be 945. Like, God, I got stuff to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'll be over at what, twelve forty-five for you? Something like that. Y- you know, I- I'm now officially dad life, so like time doesn't really matter. Yeah, a baby's feeding schedule. Right now, so to take us through that for the audience out there, like tonight, will you have to do like a two o'clock feeding or something like that? I mean, we're kind of taking turns, but we also aren't. If that makes sense. So, like, I think they're already up in the bedroom, but I'm too anal. I usually get up even if I don't have to. But I'm saying, like, tonight you'll be done with this late, then you're going to load it or whatever, or I don't know if you're going to save that for tomorrow. No, I'll load it tonight. Will that that run you straight into, like, a late-night feeding situation where your baby mama can sleep through it? Yeah, probably. Great. But so who knows? Like to the Dirtball fam for keeping you awake and uh, alert so that you can do some dadding later. Yeah, it was all, it was all planned just like that. Great. I did get a four and a half hour nap today in the middle of the day. Four and a half what? hours. Four and a half hours of sleep, Andy. You slept. You, you went to sleep. <laughs> you, you slept in the middle of the day. That's not a nap. Four, four and a half hours. Trying to catch up on like the last six nights, man. Four and a half hours was like what I slept at night in my 20s. Yeah. It's funny. I got a text from Tug, and he was texting me about everything. I said, how do you ever sleep with three kids? I can't with one baby. He wrote, you'll get some soon, but the sleeping days are over. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said, how how do I feel about going for a Sunday night? And it, it worked out per- perfectly because you texted me that, I think, what was that, yesterday morning? And on Friday evening, Tug shot me a text and was like, golf Monday, 1040 AM. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta clear that with Ruther because we gotta do dirty sports. So it all worked out. I'll see Mr. Tug Coker tomorrow. And we'll talk about one of his many professional basketball teams versus my Knicks tonight, double overtime Knicks win at Celtics feels weird wearing this Knicks hat. As I sit in front of a Bill Walton Celtics Jersey, if I could, if I could, blink my eyes and wiggle my nose and magically turn that into a Portland jersey I would but you know here we are you watched the whole game I did I watched the whole game I missed a a few minutes of the third quarter I I took a shower at halftime whereas I come in and just I literally just watched the second of the double double overtime right which is all you kind of need what's that great game yeah and you got to see the important part (laughs) you were like Hell of a game. Like, you watched the last three, <laughs> th- 
35 <laughs> seconds. What a game. Yeah, well, I mean, but even, yeah, even like the last five minutes, right, of the double overtime, I guess it was a career high for Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. He also played, I think, 50-something minutes, 52 minutes, 53 minutes. He was Jalen like 54, 55. Out. Yeah. Jalen Brunson out tonight. Um, quickly stepping in and stepping up. Career career night for him. And uh, the Knicks have now won nine in a row. The Knicks are good. That's for sure. Uh, the Josh Hart addition has just like been a, an absolute game changer. Uh, and I love the guy. Just does all the little things. Like such a great piece to come in and just do all the little stuff. And not you never see him forcing shots. You never see him trying to score. Just all the defense, hitting the open threes. Like perfect 3 and D guy. Perfect locker room dude. Great on Twitter already asking where he should golf in Westchester. And I was like, yo, slide my DMs, bro. Let's get you out of Wingfoot. Um, but the Knicks are a deprogramming of Julius Randle's hero ball mentality away from being a legit serious team. We still have a Julius Randle hero ball problem, but unfortunately the end of that Miami game, the, I don't know if you saw that final possession, but it was basically the final possession of every March madness game, sloppy ball getting kicked around. He picks it up. He throws it toward the hoop. It goes in. And now, of course, he's going to want to take every final shot forever that he has been wanting to do since All-Star break two full seasons ago now, which is, you know, a problem, but something we've got to figure out. And I don't think we're going to figure it out, but it's something we need to figure out. So the Knicks are what, a five seed right now? The Knicks are a five seed currently. So the the jump would obviously be um, potentially taking over the, the Cavs, which uh, would, would end up being the same playoff series just with the Knicks having home court. The Cavs are good and young, and um, that would be a crazy series. But I like the Knicks' chances no matter where that series is played. So um, it doesn't really matter. And seems like getting all the way up to the three seed is maybe unlikely, but not certainly not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. And then that would be serious. That would be interesting because, um, you know, who the, the seed I'd prefer to be in, whether it be three or, uh, or four or five, I mean, catching Philly, obviously they're, they're currently four, three and a half games up. Unlikely, unlikely, but I'm not sure I'd want it if it's going to be, it depends. You know, I'd like to play this Boston team in a potential second round series. That's obviously looking ahead, but I like the Knicks chances against a Cleveland team, regardless of where it's played. But again, I think come playoff time, we have a Julius Randle hero ball problem. He's a guy who wants that final shot. And, and you know what, as, as much as we shit on or not shit on, but as much as we Michael Jordan truth on this show, even he wasn't that guy who insisted on taking it. There's plenty of Michael Jordan shots, you know, the Paxson shot, the Paxson game, the Kerr shot. There's a ton of um, those, but 
Julius Randle goes into more of a Kobe Bryant style hero ball mode at the end of the game, which we all know if you've seen Kobe Bryant's clutch shooting numbers, it's not how you get it done. Whenever killer you- instinct. It's the worst fucking thing ever because that killer instinct makes people know exactly who's getting the ball, and then you can just throw multiple people at them, and you know that no matter what, they're not going to pass. Well, even Jason Tatum tonight in the final possession. Yeah. he passed. I mean, it wasn't a bad look for Horford. This is a great look. You you know, I'm I'm, like, it's a pretty good look. You're right. It's an incredible look. A corner three. He hits them all the fucking time. You know, he he made the right basketball decision there. It just didn't go in. Yeah. And honestly, you know, the the argument throughout basketball history that it's in some way better. It's like nobody with a fucking brain. There's 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 two groups of people on on Earth. There's people who understand basketball and know it's always okay to pass in that situation for a better basketball opportunity. And there's people who don't understand basketball who say shit like he didn't want the shot. You're just stupid. You probably didn't play. If you did, you played at a very fucking low level. If you you just probably don't understand the game. Your dad's a fucking cheddar dick cuck who's, you know, like, yeah, you fucking back in my day. Larry Bird would never pass on that shot. <laughs> his balls were too big and they were hanging out the bottom of his shorts. <laughs> That's always been one of my favorite, just dumb arguments from basketball fans. He didn't. He didn't want it. Yeah, he was too scared. No, there's a difference between doing, be, between doing too. Ah, I can't even talk. Between being too scared and giving the right look to somebody who's open. Well, Andy, you know we've been putting. Uh, now that we've gone to Streamyard, we've been putting a lot of our uh, our content on YouTube Shorts and. Instagram reels and TikTok and um you know since you've sort of left TikTok in my hands I've gotten a little bit of, you know I I do what Joe Prano does and now I'm just doing it via Dirty Sports TikTok getting into MJ LeBron beefs I had a great one the other day where I got stitch a guy literally contradicting himself it's oh, the I best. saw it's the best when you can get fucking Jordan slurpers he was having two different conversations but that that's the beauty of being a, a LeBron guy is like you can just rest on the on the facts, and then Jordan slurpers are always over here with oh this is good that's good this is good that's good and so the guy was arguing with me via video and arguing with somebody else via video, ca- claiming two things simultaneously. So it was lovely to stitch his. Of course, I was following that. That that's the kind of wild thing that I'm really intrigued about TikTok. Is on video responses and yeah, stuff. and like yeah. this guy's responding, and then you can mock him, and then I'm looking at his TikTok. I still haven't even downloaded the app. I'm just doing this yeah. on my on my MacBook. Yeah, that's what's so funny. I'm not even on my phone because I've never downloaded the app. Anyway, I'm just reviewing how many times he's responded, and it's kind of crazy. I I'll be honest, it I kind of like it because it's not hiding behind a screen i see this guy's face yeah and i can see him getting agitated you know what's funny about this whole thing about the whole 90s and i know we talk about all the time 90s versus today is that we're talking like 30 plus years ago like like to me and i know we always say it it's it's the difference between you know uh um bill russell fucking retired in the late 60s 
Like it's the different the difference between today and it's the nineties is yeah. the difference between people are like, yeah, what are we talking about? MJ played when basketball was real and Bill Russell played an eternity ago. It's literally the same amount of time between now and fucking Michael Jordan in his prime. Well, it's like it's like uh if you watch a Super Bowl man from the late eighties, early nineties. I'm sorry. If you put like a Joe Montana great game and then you put a Patrick Mahomes or any of these young guys, you're like, dude, what are we even talking about here? Like Joe Montana was great. He was great in his day. We all know he's got a perfect Super Bowl record. But like you put on a Joe Montana great game and then you put on like a Josh Allen great game. The the difference in athleticism, the difference in how the game is played and the speed. It's like you can't even have this discussion. It's just night and day. I was having a conversation with somebody else like what what to you says that like what factual information is there that like today is better and i was like look at the mvp jokic 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 it's about to be three in a row Giannis two before that five of the last six defensive players of the year are european it's just like the world's bigger and yeah. all of those guys it wasn't like did you hear this this guy tony kukoc he's he lives in some place called europe and it's like and then one guy came over. Everybody's like, "Holy shit!" Like the game's just the talent pool is just bigger and better. It's honestly, I love watching basketball. Like I've got, I've, I've, I've dove in so head first with the end of NFL season because I had just such a itch. You know, obviously I keep my eyes on the NBA and I watch Knicks games. But now without without football, you're just getting. I'm just getting constant nonstop TNT, ESPN, and I mean, you had. You have Mavs, Suns today. You have a Knicks, Celtics double overtime. I know that the league is going broke because they, whatever. But uh, it's it's pretty happening right now. Well, happening league. I was watching Friday night. Was it Friday or Saturday? What was the Nuggets, Grizzlies, in Denver? Was that Saturday night? Yeah, Friday night. So I was watching that game. Friday night. Yeah. So I'm watching that game. But what happened in the game didn't really matter. It's what happened after the game is what we got to talk about. Mm-hmm. John Morant in the nightclub. Yeah. One of the most exciting guys in the whole league. Most exciting guys. And here's the thing about John, which I did not know. I obviously haven't paid close enough attention. This gun theme, this gun thing seems to be a theme for him and, and, and who he is still hanging around. So after the game, he went to a nightclub, I believe in Denver. And he went instant dude. This is this is talk about reckless, but also hilarious. Goes Instagram live showing a gun. Yeah. So here it is here. Here it is. I know it's dark. Showing the gun, Instagram yeah. live, shirts off. I don't know where they're at. Uh, somewhere in Denver. Now, are it, we even allowed to show John Morant showing a gun? I don't we know. We must be able to, right? Yeah. I only thought about that because I was about to pull my piece out of the drawer, and then I was like, oh, we'll probably get kicked off YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've watched this video a bunch because it's not – like I want to know where they're at. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. This is where well, I zoom- my, my questions – I have so many questions, but when I first saw this, I was just like, okay, first of all, if you're on my basketball team, like you, I, you, like 
live live is disabled. Like you're not allowed to go live. You're like it's a fine on my team. It's a finable offense if you go live for anything. I like that. You're so not you allowed would, to go live. So like you're the head coach, you can't go Instagram. You're not allowed you to can't. go live. Okay. No, you're not allowed to go live on anything. You're okay. never allowed to go live. Now, now maybe I shouldn't be showing this. Looks like somebody could be nude in the background. I'm not sure about this. Yeah, well, maybe don't pause it right there. That's for sure. <laughs> but then the other thing is, if <laughs> you pause it, on each other. is like, Ja is shirtless with a gun. There's chicks like grinding on each other in the background. Yet, and it's just him and his boy. Yeah, you're like Ja, not like if I'm if I'm his coach or if I'm his teammate, I'm like, all right, first of all, we don't go live. Second of all, if, if you're in that situation, like maybe like focus on, you know, you got some good things going on here. Instead, you and your boy are dangling your gun on live. You're like, bro, we have like the priorities here are super messed up. Yeah. Well, here he is showing it again. The littlest gun of all time. Little is well, and, and here's the thing: they they lost the game. They blew a lead. It's it's one of those like James Bond purse guns. It's like when the <laughs> when the lady when the Bond girl pulls like a gun out of her purse. Oh man! Uh huh. Good to see you, Mister Bond. <laughs> you thought you had me. What do you want? What do you want Ja to pull out a bazooka? What do you, what do you want him to pull out a bazooka in the nightclub? Just dangling the the world's smallest piece. Were you familiar with all the stuff that's happened? Yeah, I was, and I, also I've been. You know me. I'm on NBA Twitter. I I I dip in and out of Black Twitter. I I dip into Black Twitter for until I lose track of what's happening, and then I'm just like, I'm out again. But I try to get as much information as I can. Like, it seems like there's a lot of talk that he's kind of a fucking, that he grew up, like, you know, fairly well off, and, you know, like, it, it for wait, that, it's wait, like... Wait a second, this is new to me. Who grew up fairly well off? Ja Morant. Ja did? Like, that's the that's the thing. If you see the... Interesting. You know, they've, they've set... Somebody has set the Ja Morant story to the Eminem freestyle about the one dude who's, you know, has both his parents and the whole that whole thing from 8 Mile. See, I didn't know about this. It's so funny because I'm having this discussion. So everybody's but... basically saying fake gangster, fake gangster. Oh, and, wow. So I, have, I was having this discussion with my girlfriend about him last night. And I was – I didn't know any of this. I was, ta- I was taking the more of like, look, he – I don't know how he grew up. I wasn't look. My, my thing is on these guys. I'm not going to sit here and justify everything, but I'll also say, look, they come from a different background. Like, like a lot of these guys, you know, grew up way differently than I did where I had a lot of nice things and privileges that some of these guys didn't have. And I'm not saying that I'm on the same level as jaw, even with this new information, because obviously I'm not, but I didn't know any of that. That that's interesting because He's had a lot of run-ins, and and some of these things are not only surprising, but I have just so many questions, like the gun-related accusations from July 26 at his house, where both Ja and a friend beat up a 17-year-old over an argument in a pickup game. Right. So, Joe, set, set set me up on this one. 
he's playing a pickup game in his backyard and there's a 17 year old playing and they beat him up and there's guns involved. What? Like what's even happening here? Doesn't that sound really odd? Well, it sounds odd that one of the most elite players in the NBA, like that, that there's even a pickup basketball game going on that doesn't include people just going like, can I, can I like suck your dick? Like, can yeah. I, can I hold the basketball that you like, is John Morant really just like hooping in his neighborhood? That's what I'm wondering. Like, like, like what's going on here? He's playing a pickup game in his backyard with a 17 year old. There's a, there's like a community court where I live and a bunch of high school kids are always up there playing. Like, that's what I'm envisioning. Like yeah. if this was in my neighborhood, does a high school kids say, Hey, I'm not going to the community court. I'm just going to, Hey, I'm going to knock on his door. Hey, Hey, Mr. Morant, you mind if we play today? Yeah. I'm gonna play with you. And if you lose, I'm going to stick a gun to your head. What? So there's that incident. And then according to another report from the Washington post, four days later at a Memphis mall, a security guard got into it with his mom. And then per the report, this was at a shoe. No, I'm sorry. This is at a shoe store. His mom gets into it with an employee at the shoe store. She called Ja for assistance. And afterward he arrived with nine people. And apparently could be some gun action going on there too. Now he what you just, a, he has a Nike shoe that's coming out. I think in the middle of this month. Oh man. Like a jaw one. He's one of the most exciting up and coming players. It's like, it's insane to me. It's insane to me to be at his level. And not have somebody that's like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah. I've talked about this a million times on this show. If you're like, it's a different thing to be a middle of the road player in the NFL or in the NBA or whatever. If you are an elite superstar, you shouldn't even ever have your own car keys. Yeah. You shouldn't tie your own shoes, man. What are we doing here? Well, the last incident is a wild one. They're all kind of wild, but like this one, did you know about the one about the Pacers and Grizzlies from January 29th? Yeah. Where have I been? I guess I missed it. So I guess middle of the NFL season, I paid attention to nothing else. So I guess something happens after the game. Members of the Pacers traveling party near the team's bus in the loading area of the FedEx Forum in Memphis. And then a slow-moving SUV with a red laser on it. Right. So, according to the security guard, he's saying somebody had a straight-up gun laser on someone's head. And Jaw was in that vehicle over an altercation. It just seems to me, and again... I don't know the facts, but it seems to me based on the it like to do a, a dime store psychology. It seems like a lot of people, whether it be the Internet or guys on the floor with him or whatever, are, are like, you're a fake tough guy. You're a fake gangster. And he and and 
By the way, Andy, do, do you remember how many times I've said this about your boy? Your boy Tupac did the same thing and ended up fucking dead. Like, why are you don't need to do this? It seems like he's now trying to prove that he's not fake and it's going to get out of control and it's it's already gotten out of I mean he's he's suspended indefinitely he's suspended for the league from the league indefinitely for as far as a lot of people can tell overdoing being a fake tough guy so let me ask you this do you think that's warranted, though? Or is this a culmination of, mo- of all these things? Because my take would be this. So he showed a gun. He probably shouldn't have the gun in the nightclub. I don't know how that works. I don't know the law on that. But you're suspended indefinitely for showing your gun in an Instagram Live video? Well, listen. All of the, the every all these leagues, they all have they all have rules that just are, you know, like, what's the phrase that I'm looking for? It's like... Um, they all have rules in terms of like how you have to act. You know what I mean? Like there's that the NFL, the NBA, all these things, they build into their NFL PA, NBA PA contracts that the commissioner and the, the people who are in charge of, of punishing people can say you're just not acting appropriate for an NBA player. And that's, and it leaves it wide open. Well, that's that's interesting. I'm saying, like, let's say I'm assuming he owns the gun legally. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here a little. I don't think they give a shit. I think that matters, though. To me, it does. No, it doesn't because he's not killing anybody. He's showing a gun again. You signed up for like so. When you're in the NBA, they like you when you sign up. Part of the whole thing is that you agree to act accordingly. And so they don't want, remember when the NBA had a fucking dress code? Like they don't want you acting that that way. Like they're just going to, they're going to punish you for being like, oh, all we're ever trying to do is not be like the thug league. And now you're out here just like holding a gun. There's a, I'm sure there's a code of conduct policy. Well, let me play the video the NBA you said. The code of conduct, I'm sure, is so broad that it says if you do anything we don't like and we think reflects poorly on the NBA, we can just do whatever we want. So this is the, uh, the video you sent me. This is the, the Ja this is fake. the thing that's been going around. So I haven't heard this yet. So this is the fake gangster Ja thing? Yeah. Oh, God, you do. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good, dude. Wow. Okay. It's pretty good. Damn. So this has been a thing for a while now. Yeah. 
And it seems like to me, everything I know about like the NBA today is like he's seen that video. And now he whips his gun out at every goddamn opportunity or has somebody with a laser sight on somebody to be like, oh, I'm a fake gangster. I'll show you. Yeah, well, it's like it's like again, like I said, is like, dude, you know, we had Biggie Tupac when I was a kid, when you were a kid, Biggie, like grew up in Brooklyn selling crack. Tupac grew up with like his like reverend father going to like church groups and doing like shit. And then all of a sudden that shit spirals out of control and everybody's dead. Yeah, but I, well, I don't look the Tupac thing. I, 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 he didn't exactly grow up with the easiest life either. I mean, you're, 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 I think you're kind of glossing over it to be honest. I mean, I don't want to go down that whole thing, but I, I get your point is what I'm saying. And it's it seems like a little man syndrome thing, right? It's kind of like when I walk Roscoe, right? Vince would be like that sometimes, right? When you walk Vince, little dog going crazy to big dogs. That's what it is. But you're right. It makes sense. Brandishing the gun because you don't see this. Like, when do you see this anymore from guys? Yeah. Like, guys are hip to this now. Guys are smart. They're not showing their guns in an Instagram live video. All these incidents. And like you said, he is... He's the next guy. Like the NBA has to hate this. The, the older crop of the LeBrons, the Steph Curry's, not that they're so old. Some of those guys are older. The KD's like jaws, like the next generation of the NBA. Yeah. As far as American player, the excitement, the skill level, the youth. That's why I was shocked indefinitely. I thought it was just two games. Did well, they change it? At least the next two games. Yeah. I don't think they'll suspend him that much more. Oh, you should. I mean, it's the the stories like have come out in the last like whatever. They're the um, Taylor Jenkins says no definitive timetable for job return amid NBA investigation. There's not a definitive timeline. Memphis announced that Morant would be away from the team at least the next two games. What the exact timetable is going going to be isn't exact. What's going to be because it's not really a timetable situation. Jenkins didn't specify what steps Morant would need to take to rejoin the team, but he said the focus right now is on Ja taking the responsibility to get to really get the help he needs to get into a better place, generally speaking, but also on the flip side to be in a better place to embrace the responsibilities and expectations as a member of this team. It's crazy. I mean, he's 23 years old. Yeah. I know. He's just a kid. Well, I hope he gets it together. Yeah, because we need him for an NBA playoffs, man. Yeah, the league needs it. The sport needs it. He's too exciting. He's too fun to watch. And it's really, I mean, if you look at the NBA with the with the Suns move, with Celtics Bucks, with this Knicks push, with uh the Nuggets with Steph coming back with Luca and Kyrie like we are we are fixing to have a pretty exciting end of the year into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. huge win by the the Lakers today, big Anthony Davis game. Are they going to be able to hang around? Are they going to be able to overcome the Ruther curse until LeBron gets back? Like 
it's it like I know there's a lot of people out there. I'm sure there's a lot of people who listen to our show who love the NFL and can't and you know I've never understood the hate for it, but I know those people exist. I know there's people who hate it, but goddamn if it's not an exciting league and goddamn if they don't time it perfectly with a trade deadline and an all-star break and uh, the run-up to the end of the season right after football ends. Well, of course. All eyes on the NBA, all eyes on college basketball when NFL ends because we all know what's going on with baseball, which will be our next topic. You have said these guys are going to figure it out. You specifically said Max Scherzer, and now we have video evidence of them manipulating the new rules. Of him, I should say. Yeah. And I don't even want to say manipulating, using it to his advantage. Yeah. Which I knew was going to happen. I knew the crafty vets were going to go get right into it. And I knew, and and I know, I should say, that the younger players are going to follow their lead. Sure. So I was talking to Andy Lazarus about this the other day, went over and and hung out with him on Friday, watching basketball over there. And we agreed with each other, which is the idea. And again, the way I talk about this pitch clock rule that I know every nerd, I'm going to say it, who's never stepped foot on a baseball field is bonering out over because they don't understand. Dude, I like, I think about facing high 80s, the occasional low 90s. Dude, playing high school baseball and and occasionally facing the low 90s was like fucking out of control. You're just like whatever. The idea that you just you can call time and then that's it. I would I would fucking shit my pants if a guy could throw 100 miles an hour. And I got a little dirt in my eye, and I've already called time out once. I'd just be like, "Fuck it, I'm taking my, I'm just, I'm just laying out." Like the Andy Laz and I agreed that the this is absolutely going to be taken advantage of by pitchers way more than it's going to be taken advantage of by batters. And with everything that's going on in baseball today, in terms of what makes it, in my opinion boring to watch for some people i still don't think it's the time i still don't think it's a lack of runs i i think it's a domination by pitchers and the fact that you can get a guy to go five or six innings and then go to a bullpen arm that throws 100 and go to another bullpen arm that throws 100 and go to another bullpen arm that throws 100 it's anything any rule that you institute right now that helps pitchers to me you just can't do well i think there's a venn diagram at this point of the people who like the nets and they like the pitch clock yeah it's a circle that's what i'm saying you just it's a circle yeah oh the nets are gonna make people safer it's gonna provide safety for a mom and her two kids watching the game it's that same person because I see it on Twitter, the same people who support the Nets are the same people who support the pitch clock. I want to show a couple of these clips of Max Scherzer. And I find them very interesting because it shows him 
using the pitch clock to his advantage from two different perspectives. One, the quick pace to the batter. And two, the slow pace, the pause. So we'll start with the quick pace. Again, like you said, it seems like this just really goes to advantage of the pitcher. So this is the quick pace, right? Because the pitcher determines it. So this, the batter has to be ready for at eight seconds. So now the batter's taking his thing. He's got his foot out, whatever. Max Scherzer's already ready to go. Boom. And the second he's looking, boom, the ball's coming. Two strikes. So this is a video that I'm showing right now on YouTube that this guy strikes out in less than 30 seconds. Yeah. Scherzer is just working. One, two, three, boom. Inning over, not even 30 seconds. Struck the guy out. Now the other video is showing the pause. Yeah. So now he's going to take it all the way down. He's staying in and and like, listen, again, uh, the, the idea, if you pause it right now, Andy, uh, the idea of a pitcher coming set and then you, like the pitcher's going to do this whole thing. So then you come set. So now you're stuck in your hitting position. You don't get, you're not doing your, your bat move. That's keeping you relaxed. You're locked in, 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 in muscles tight for anybody who plays golf out there. It's it's like standing over the ball for two, for 10 seconds before you get to hit your drive. Like anybody you see, you, those guys always step away, back away. You're locked in muscles tight. And he's doing that. He's holding you there. And what this guy did in this clip is he stepped out. He's like, I can't. This is ridiculous. But now when he stepped out, Max started over, got back to set. The second this guy steps in, he's going right back at him now. Watch this. This is crazy. He's set right now. The guy's not in the box. He is ready to pitch. Ready. And by the way, he's already stepped out once. Already stepped out once. He can't do this again. Boom, strike him out. Inning over. Now, imagine. Now the other thing is, if he fouls that pitch off, Andy, now he can do the whole process all over again, but the guy can't step out again. I mean, this is crazy to watch when you think about it. That he's, he's just already set right now. Holding, ready to pitch. You feel rushed. And this is Max Scherzer working the rules. And I hate it. And I think it's fucking lame. And if I was a pitcher, I'd fucking hate Max Scherzer. But this is what you did. You made this possible. And just like we said last episode, anytime there's an opportunity for somebody to work the rules to their advantage, they're going to take it. Well, I think he's smart. Yeah, I don't think he's lame. I think he's smart to do it. These are the rules now. Right. Right, like, like, why not maximize them? That's why someone like Bill Belichick is always so brilliant. Now he bends them a lot of times and breaks them. But my point is, the good coaches, the good players, use the rules to their advantage. And this should actually create less runs, right? Like, isn't that what we're thinking? This is going to create less offense, of less runs. It is. So less I don't balls in play. Yeah. It's weird watching a sport die in real time. Like I'm serious, I've but never seen anything like this. Mismanaged, Andy. It's being it's dying because it's being mismanaged. The end. So we got a good call about this. A good call, which which I actually really liked because he brought some other perspectives 
about baseball that I never thought of. And also somebody who played baseball all through high school. So like somebody who has been there, right. But doesn't watch anymore and kind of list the reasons why he doesn't watch. So give us a ring. We'll get to one of your guys' calls as well. 310-359-8365. So this is our caller calling about uh, the state of Major League Baseball. What is up, guys? It's TK from Minnesota calling again. I've been hot with the calls, but you guys are just talking about stuff I feel like got to comment on. And it's about the baseball thing and their struggles. And I played four years. Or I played baseball throughout high school in my entire life, and I just I don't watch it. Never have, never will. Um, and the reasons, some of the reasons, I'll make it quick. Why I think they struggle is, like Andy said, the TV viewing experience is just it's not the same as the other ones, and the game is the same late as it is early. Like there's really no sense of urgency compared to other sports at the end of the games, like basketball. If you're down, you know. You, you do things to get the ball back. You trap, you foul, you pick up the pace. Football, you send blitzes, maybe play prevent defense if you're up, pass the ball. Like, there's just more randomness that can happen, and I think that's what brings people in. And baseball, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a pitch and catch game. Like, there's just nothing you can really do about it. And the third reason, which I'd like to hear you guys' opinion on, is the talent gap, I feel, is harder to spot. You go to, like, a minor league game, and if they're not going to shaft you on the prices for beer and a hot dog and you can sit closer, why wouldn't you just go to that? I mean, to the naked eye, a guy throwing 90, 91 miles per hour in the minors essentially looks the same as an MLB pitcher throwing 95, 96, 94, somewhere in that range. And it's just like, I think like outside of these guys, you know, they can hit the ball farther, obviously, and throw it harder, but and make some better defensive plays. But, like, outside of that, like, you just can't – you can't really just tell. They might get one one chance a game to show off how much more skilled they are. But, like, in basketball, it takes three seconds to notice the difference. So he cuts out. He, he reads the two-minute limit that we have on our hotline. I think that's a great point, though, Joe. I never would have thought. He's just saying the basic – like, someone like me – well, I mean, I think I can't tell. Like, if I go to a minor league game, and I've been going to more, obviously, I, it is tough for me to tell the difference. Whereas, if I went to a college basketball game and an NBA game, or college football and NFL, you notice it right away. Well, first of all, we're talking about two different things. All the guys who are at a minor league game are professional baseball players in a professional system, for sure. They're they're the equivalent of a guy who's a rookie. It's 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 like saying, oh, if I went to an NFL game and it was just all the guys who are rookies, all the practice team guys. We're not talking about it's not, There's a first of all, there's a big difference between college baseball and major league baseball for sure. Now there's a blend, obviously, of minor leagues, but the to uh, I'll say this: um, there's a lot of places. Uh, especially double-A teams or the close things where guys will come and do rehab starts. Go watch a minor league game sometime when a big leaguer's there making his rehab start. You will see the difference. Go watch batting. Go to a minor league game and watch batting practice when Aaron Judge is there taking a rehab start. I've been to it. I've seen it. I've, I've been to Binghamton Mets games when guys were on there for a rehab start. I've been to... 
Blue Claws games in Jersey. Shout out to Kyle Aronofsky's favorite squad when guys were making rehab starts. It there is a difference now to say to the average play, the average viewer. But I would counter that with like when you talk about the average viewer, the average viewer, go on the internet sometime and put in college football is nothing compared to the NFL. And watch the average viewer lose their mind. Well, for sure. Go on go on during March Madness and say, this sucks. The NBA is better. And watch the average viewer tell you that you're wrong. So I think that that of, of all the of all his complaints, I would say that that is the one. Don't worry about what the fucking average person thinks because the average person wants to watch Oklahoma, Oklahoma State football instead of the fucking Super Bowl because they're dumb. Now, the fact that there is no urgency in baseball and there's no clock and there's no timing, it's like, well, that's just a that's just a fact of the matter of baseball that is what for a long time drew in people. Sure. Where it was it. It isn't that kind of game. And and that's precisely my point about the difference between how Major League Baseball should be marketing itself as compared to how the NFL is marketing itself and how the National Basketball Association is marketing itself. Like the NBA is something you could be anywhere and find a hoop and have a basketball and play all by yourself. And that's why the NBA smartly, and I'll never argue that anybody had more of an effect on the league than the combo of David Stern and Michael Jordan, but saying, let's take this guy, let's turn him into a global icon, let's get kids everywhere, let's get kids in Greece playing basketball and kids in China and kids in Serbia so that 20 years from now, we can have what we have. Be like him, be like Mike. And Jokic and Embiid and Rudy Gobert. And Luca and all these guys who have won all the fucking awards the last five years. And that's smart. Baseball, stupidly, is making decisions based on what our caller, and thank you for calling, is saying about, oh, we have to, you look at all these other sports. Be different. Be different and target the people that like that. Well, I, I think when it comes to the sport, I've always liked it because it is different as far as the viewing experience live. You're more of a baseball purist, obviously, than me, but my love of attending baseball games, especially as I became an adult, was more about the social environment, right? You don't have to pay attention to every pitch. You can have That's conversations. That's what it is for everybody, even the people who love the game. That's what it is. The pace of it. The, you can the- get up. You can walk around the stadium. You can try different food. I like seeing the different architecture of different stadiums, seeing what's going on around the stadium. That's what everybody likes. That's what everybody likes about baseball. That's the people who like baseball. That's what they like, how every game's different and how there is no fucking end and how there's this and you go and you eat and you take your time. And that's the thing. But baseball's not marketing that. Baseball's too focused on uh, some some people think the NBA's fast and we're slow and we're losing people to them. So blah, 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 you know, and it's like if you look worldwide, I mean, cricket is a huge sport. 
It sure. takes fucking days. Yeah. No, for sure. Be different. And don't run away. Don't run out the people who like what makes baseball different. Yeah. I mean, you nailed it when you were talking about marketing their players. I mean, it's, I, there were some comments that I liked. Somebody said, I don't know if it was YouTube or TikTok, one of our shorts that we put out. Somebody said a comment and I, and this was me too of like, dude, growing up, I rooted for Ken Griffey Jr. And it wasn't my team. Like I loved Ken Griffey Jr. He was on the Mariners. I was a Reds fan. I loved Ken Griffey Jr. People loved, they don't have that love for Mike Trout. They don't have that love for Shohei Otani. Like that's their problem. You knew Barry Bonds, whether you liked him or hated him, you watched his games. They just forgot how to market. That's what it is. Aaron Judge should be huge. And if if you're in New York, he is huge. He is in New York. He is, right. He is in New York because baseball doesn't have a local market problem. But if he came to the Starbucks by where I live, people don't know who he is. I know. That's what I'm saying. Because That's crazy baseball, to think. People, they don't know who Aaron Judge local, is. They don't have a local viewership problem. They've got a national attention to the game problem. Yeah, 100%. I know. Well, Joe, we have made it pretty far on the show without talking NFL. You know how I'm going to work it in tonight? I don't even know. Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> okay, okay. Unreal. It really is unreal and also justice, maybe. Yeah. The video is. Have you? How many times have you watched? Have you watched the video? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So tell people the story, Andy. So Jackson Mahomes, he, I have the video up here right now. He forces a kiss on this woman who owns a like a like a bar restaurant. Okay, yeah, outside of Kansas like City. In a fucking office, right? What's that? Looks like they're in her office or something. Yeah, this looks like they're in her office. And uh, he's under investigation for sexual assault. So according to according to the Kansas City Star, police are looking into claims made by the restaurant owner. Also, not just him, one of his wait one of her waiters had claimed this claims some stuff happened. This is in the Aspen's restaurant and lounge, again, greater greater Kansas City area, that he assaulted him. He sexually and physically assaulted her. She's 40 years old. Like She's married. And if you watch the video, she has the video here. He comes up. She takes a drink. He forcibly kisses her. Yeah. Just grabs her by the neck. Yeah, like gets pulled back. Pulls her back. Kisses her. Like, like takes her hand off him. Takes his hand off her, I should say. Like, like forcibly i mean it looks i don't know if he's sticking his tongue down or like it's it's pretty wild that he would do this you can see her being like yo dude get off she is talking to him wiping her lipstick or whatever she has on her face basically like what just happened adjusting herself i think she definitely feels awkward he goes back 
she pushes him off there. Yeah. And then looks like they leave the office. Now, it was interesting seeing the comments on social media. And a lot of people were like, oh, but she's smiling. Well, then she wouldn't have fucking pressed charges. Yeah. And first of all, I don't know about you, Joe, but there have been many times in my life where when something I didn't like or I was uncomfortable, you naturally smile. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you, like, have you ever been there? Like, where it's you feel awkward, you feel in a bad spot, and and just for some reason your body, you you, it's like I mean, you're trying no, to listen. There's no there, the, the, like to to break it down like that to ignore her pushing his head off to Correct. ignore her fighting physically from him doing that and then wiping her face and then to come back with she smiled. You're a piece of shit. A hundred percent. The the you know listen. Jackson Mahomes has a horrific sense of entitlement for a guy who did nothing except get jizzed out of the same dick as a one of the best quarterbacks ever. You are a guy whose career is being the leftover fucking jizz of an NFL MVP. Like... I, you know, there's some part of this where it's like, are we making too big of a deal of it? Are people making too big of a deal of it? And and the bottom line is like, just go away, dude. Yeah. Just go the fuck away. We don't hear about anybody else's brother doing this because nobody else's brother has made themselves the have has worked so fucking hard to get attention. Patrick Mahomes at this point, dude, between his brother and his fucking wife, he's a great quarterback. But, bro, you 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 come out looking like a fucking dork. Are you incapable of being like, I'm worth half a billion dollars. I'm the only reason either of you have anything. Put your fucking phone down and shut the fuck up or you're off the fucking payroll. I, I, I agree with you. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. How is he not telling his brother, his little brother? Like, dude, Mikey is wild. Right? And Mikey and I have had fucking a lot of fun and done a lot of dumb shit. Sure. If he was doing this kind of shit to me, I'd be like, bro, I love you. You're not allowed to come to games. Yeah. No, I agree. As someone who has I just talked to my brother John for fucking a decade. Yeah. I just I and that's what I think of. I'm the fourth of five, right? I got three older brothers. I'm just thinking if I was doing this. And I know my brother has had issues with some of the stuff I've done anyway. I mean, I, I can remember when my brother was bartending and I got blacked out drunk at a Reds game and I showed up to his bar. Dude, he kicked dude, I was just obnoxiously. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Like my own yeah. brother kicked me out of his I was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I'm not dealing with this shit. Find your own way home. Not my problem. You're you're obnoxious. Get the fuck out of here. I just don't understand how he just accepts it. It does it it I, I know people might not like this. It makes him look like a bitch. I'm yeah, sorry. Absolutely. Because you're a great quarterback, man. 
arguably the best quarterback ever. But when you just consistently allow your brother and your wife to do this, you look like a bitch. You look like a cuck, bro. You can't stand up to your little brother who is only a thing because of you. Yeah. This isn't Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. No. Not at all. It's not even Tom Brady and Giselle. No. It's Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' dumb wife, and Patrick Mahomes' dumb brother, whose names we only fucking know because they keep acting dumb. If anyone needs to just get punched in the face, it's Jackson Mahomes. I just like I'm I'm just kind of like, listen. I feel like, like I don't want to I don't want to diminish what happened to this chick. Like obviously this we're talking about it because it's become a thing, but I just think when you have such a sense of entitlement and you have such like a reckless disregard for like what what people think of you and how much people are watching you, like I'm I'm hoping that like this ends the Jackson Mahomes fucking headlines before it's, it's some dumb shit. Like he drunk and drives into a fucking schoolyard or whatever. You know what I mean? Because when you are doing this shit and no one's telling you not to, despite the fact that the entire world is like, we hate this person. Yeah. Go away. That, like, I'm just hoping that this, like, I'm hoping that, like, this is the nail on the coffin to the Jackson Mahomes. Like, I hope we never talk about him again. I well, hope that, like, five years from now, we're like, remember when fucking we talked about Patrick Mahomes' brother all the time, and then he grabbed a girl by the neck and made out with her, and now they and they never let him in the house again? Yeah, and it, and if Patrick's not going to do it, because it seems like he's not, come on, Pat Mahomes or his mom. Like, there's a difference between... Letting your kids figure shit out, I think. And they're going to fuck up. And also letting them just be reckless. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's For what? Like, for like, dude, you don't need money. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I mean, that video is definition of entitlement. Yeah. It, it's him forcing himself, which... He does twice, man. Like you're forcing yourself on a woman who doesn't want it twice because and, you think you're listen, the shit. I've heard, I've heard a lot of fucking the, the the you know the the talk that's in. We we talked about John Morant before, and that like everybody said, fake gangster, fake gangster, fake gangster. So now he's acting overly. He's overdoing it, right? Because Jackson's heard, gay. Yeah, heard a lot of talk about that, which like. I mean, that's just walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you saw, I'm sure you saw what I posted on Dirty Sports. I don't know if I did, but. On Twitter, I posted the clip from when Jackson Mahomes is leading the cheer team. It's from Longest Yard, Tracy Morgan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But. And, and you could be right. Maybe it's the same thing. You're right. Maybe he's just overcompensating. Hey, a lot of people think I'm gay. I, I mean, I for one do. I don't know if he is, but I think he is. Don't really care. Right, regardless, but I'm you're just right. Like, I, listen, I'm going to repeat what I've said before, and then we can like. I know I don't know if this was a segue into NFL talk or if this is NFL talk. Like, first of all, Patrick Mahomes, get your shit together. But like, again, whether it's Patrick or his parents or whatever, like, I hope five years from now we look back on the, this 
this moment is like, dude, remember Pat, remember Jackson Mahomes. Like, I'm just over it. I'm done. I don't care about you. Stop making me think about you. Yeah. I don't want to think about you. And again, it just sucks because your brother's so good, man. Yeah. Like, like Cooper, Cooper Manning's just like managing the money and popping up in the occasional Caesars commercial, which he's great in for the record. He's not like choke slamming 40 something waitresses to the ground. Well, there's, there's, there's the, there's the, the family you learn from, man. It's the Manning family. Like the Manning family is who you learn from. Do you know Peyton, Peyton Manning's wife? No. Do you know he's not married? He's married, right? Yeah. See, we don't know. You were like, for a second, you're like, is he? Do you know Eli's wife's name? No clue. It's Abby. I know that because I'm the world's biggest Eli Manning stan. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I don't know fucking Peyton's wife's name. Archie Manning literally did it right. Yeah. Follow his lead, man. You know they have Archie. They so they have the Manning Passing Academy, right? Yeah. I think they need the Arching Archie Manning Dadding Academy. I think dads. You know, there was a point in the NFL playoffs where every remaining quarterback had been a quarterback at the Manning Passing Camp. I think if you're good enough to be a quarterback at the Manning passing camp you your dad should have to go to archie manning's dadding camp he's like pat mahomes man you're a pretty good pitcher yeah yeah take your other son's phone away what are you doing (laughs) don't let him out of the house hey pat uh did you see what my uh you see what my uh, daughter-in-law did at uh at Eli's game the other day, did you see her video? No, you didn't. Because she didn't do anything. She's not allowed to have her phone or talk to people that aren't in the family. What is happening here? Yeah, I love it. I like the Archie Manning dad at Dadding Academy. Yeah. I might need to go to that. John Morant's dad should go to that, too. Dude, that picture. <laughs> picture of that video of Jaw this family. You know what his you know what his theme song uh should be? You know what it should be. It's not unusual. No, uh I got I got I got Jaw's theme song for ya. And I and I thought of this after we had already discussed it, but uh this should be his uh theme song. Hold on. Hold on. Don't worry, I, I've already demonetized this episode so so I so I can play it. This should be Jaws' uh, theme song. Eight Ferrari, Break it down. I got a lot of right? Oh, absolutely. I ain't got time to waste. Let's make it. You I listened to uh, Get Rich or Die Try and start to finish the other day. Are you serious? Yeah. You know, I'm, you know what I'm asking you? Are you serious? I've listened to it two or three times in the last, like, month. It still holds up, man. Oh, holds up. So great. I think my favorite thing, I still think Eminem's verse on Patiently Waiting still fucking fire. <laughs> 
It's so good. It just took me back because that that came out came out in two thousand one, two thousand early two thousand two. Um, when I just moved to New York, it was definitely like the the album for a while. I remember when I got back from. Uh, and I what I hadn't heard from for a while was like remember like remember the lady doing like job rules mom in it. <laughs> so I got back from Spain December 2002 right like I did my first semester junior year over there abroad in Madrid I was almost like it's so funny how different again the world has come in 21 years like when I'm over in Spain like the American shit is like I'm stuck in the Spanish world of their music right. and their culture and the nightclub stuff and then <laughs> so I come back right for my second semester of junior year of college and literally of course every single bar spot is just on repeat in the club and you're like it's like I my buddy's like oh you guys didn't have this over there I'm like what yeah. what and I had heard 50 cent I had heard Wangsta before like that summer and I remember being like what is this song like, what is this? And then, of course, then I got sick of it because they played it everywhere. But, yeah, that album and that song, it was it was nonstop. His first two albums are pretty fucking good, man. Yeah. I feel like when they discuss rappers. Released and- February 6, 2003. Seems earlier than that. But I guess I guess probably in the club came out in like the single, late 2002. The single had to have. Yeah. But like those first two albums, they're pretty fire, man. Yeah, no doubt. Does he even do rap anymore? I don't know. So you golfing with Tug tomorrow? Yeah. You got to ask him about the PGA straight up now following the live model. Talk about cucks. I'm sure you saw this, right? I did, of course. So all these assholes who talk so much shit about Liv, they're now straight up doing the exact same thing by changing up cuts and what they're getting rid of, they're changing the formats with no cuts, which was a Liv thing. They've already increased the money. I have a direct quote straight up from Jay Monahan. I, I believe, is he the commissioner of the PGA? Yeah. Those, this is from 2002. Those who play in the live golf and quote exhibitions are missing out on the legacy competitive competitiveness and tradition of the PGA tour PGA tour in 2023. We're going to have a series of limited field, no cut events with guaranteed money. It's, astounding that they would do that yeah but it was it's the it was kind of the whole point in the thing i know everybody you know and and i'll, I'll just say it. it's like the 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 old head golf guy who's standing for the pj who like it doesn't matter you know it's just like and you're like what why why like why are you so fucking crazy for it? Like, 
we're not talking like for you and I, guys who watch the NFL and then the XFL comes out and we're like, we'll never watch because they're not getting the fucking best players. If if Aaron Rodgers and, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert left and went to the XFL, we'd be like, well, well we're watching. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, what are we talking about? And it's like these guys are like, oh, they, fuck these people. And everybody trying to turn it into this thing. The bottom line was the only reason it ever became a thing is because there were guys like Phil Mickelson who were like, the PGA is taking advantage of us. Yeah. And we're going to do this other thing in a way that takes less advantage of us. And you can even you can go back and hear Phil Mickelson say, like, it didn't have to be this way. And now, of course, the PGA is changing their fucking thing. Like, so in the end, Joe, in the end, and I think this was his goal, right? In the end, Phil Mickelson and obviously Greg Norman's behind the scenes and not really behind the scenes because he's at the forefront of everything. The goal was to move the needle on the PGA. And you could argue those who said Phil is ruining his legacy and you watch that Netflix documentary Full Swing, which I have, and that's one of the discussions. Is Phil, in the end, Phil not only did not ruin, I would argue he enhanced his legacy because by him doing this, he moved the bar on the PGA to make it more 21st century like it, if the pga was smart because they've already sh- they've already like they already smartly didn't just go we're just going to take it on the chin forever and not budge so they smartly were like okay now it takes like i think more courage to admit you're wrong and make the adjustment than it does to to say like we're never fucking changing sure like in the end if five years from now the PGA embraces more aspects of the live tour and then they return and combine again. That would be amazing. Yeah. And just like, Oh, we fixed this thing. Cause think about how we just talked about the MLB. Think about how we talk about some of the problems in the NBA. Think about how we talk about refereeing in the NFL. Like imagine if fucking five of the top, 20 best quarterbacks in the NFL left and were like, we're not coming back until they fix refereeing. And then they fix refereeing and then they came back. You'd be like, Oh, thanks for fixing football guys. Yeah. No, hundred percent, man. And of course the live Twitter feed roasted them with imitate imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Congratulations, PGA tour. Welcome to the future. I mean, it's true though. It's a hundred percent true that what they did kind of changed everything for the better. I mean, and I've said this about the, I've said this about live versus the PGA before you can, I'm not enough of a golf fan to be like, this is, and I certainly don't give a shit about like overall, Oh, the top, you know, the pool of players in the PGA from top to bottom is uh, so much better for sure. Who, Who gives a shit? I only give a shit about like the fucking 15 guys I know. Yeah. And the bottom line is you can argue a lot of things, but you can't argue that they didn't take the majority of the interesting people. 
You just can't argue it. And it's like, man, scores are one thing, but it's like you're playing against a field. Oh, like, what's again, the- you watch that documentary. You watch, I mean, Roy Rapp, man, these guys are such dorks. They're such dorks. Yeah. And again, they're golfers, but it's like, I'm not expecting them to be interesting. The PG again. I know I I stopped talking about it. not a dork, and Dustin Johnson's not a dork. Yeah, and you know that's that's the thing, is like you, if you take a lot of the personalities, like again, it's a race against the course, and it's a race against the rest of the field, and it's like what makes it interesting, as we've seen with the way everybody boners out about Tiger Woods, is like following these people that you like. Sure. Because people still follow Tiger Woods, even though he's not putting on the best fucking score. That's for sure. No. He's such a dork, too. Talk about a dork. I still need to watch the HBO documentary on him. I still haven't watched it. You got to watch it for the guy who we played with that one day, and the Tiger's dad fucking chicks in his in his RV at the the practice round at the practice facility. That's right. Are you, uh, have you watched any of his Murdaw murder stuff? No. I know OJ weighed in. I saw, I haven't watched OJ. I saw somebody DM'd us. I also saw that OJ did. I haven't, I haven't watched the OJ video yet, surprisingly. Dude, you gotta watch this shit. It like doesn't surprise me, but it's also like Alex Murdaw. Is like I would call this. Is how I described him last night to my girlfriend because we we watched the Netflix because Netflix is a documentary. HBO is one. I'm actually gonna watch because I'm curious to see how HBO. They obviously usually do better ones, in my opinion. I'll be curious how theirs is versus Netflix. But I described him and his family as like Southern terrible mobsters. Like when I think the mob, I feel like it's it's very well organized. It's tight knit. Everything's buttoned up. Dude, you gotta, like you watch these guys and you're like, well, the, the, this, the, the, the dad, you're like, what? You thought this was going to work? You're like the, you're like the redneck hillbilly, even though they're educated, but they're, you know, they're from South Carolina. Terrible mobster. But you haven't watched it, so you probably have no clue what I'm talking about. No. None at all. No. This this is what I got now, Joe. I'm actually gonna get and get into some things now. I got the time. Got the time at night. Little Isla. What are we gonna watch? Murder. Murder. Maybe a little MacGruber. Speaking of that, let's wrap up this show. Let's keep okay. it kind of tight tonight. Okay. You got babies to feed. I got. I got. I got. I got titty milk to give to a baby. You ever tried well, titty? You ever tried titty milk? No, I have not. Have you tried? Did you taste it? Taste it a little. Oh boy! Can I can I share an idea with you? Great! Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what people say about this. I have this idea, and I don't know if people are going to be so repulsed. I want to do a blind taste test of all the different types of milk and put breast milk in there and see if you can identify it. Like see, whole milk, you can identify it. Yeah, it'd be me. And and obviously I'm not chugging it, but it'd be like whole milk, skim milk, 1%, 2%, almond milk, all the different types of milk and put breast milk in there. Yeah. Like if I took seven different milks, could I identify which one was breast milk? 
Well, I think you should. Uh, I mean, they they do these. I'll send you. This is this is a thing on TikTok when people put it behind like a thing. I'll send you one because you should you should try to identify all the things. You should be like, okay, this is one percent. Like I've seen people do it with like Coke, Diet Coke, Coke Zero. I've seen people do it with whatever. I was thinking about doing it with coffee one time and doing like Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, and then my joke was gonna be like, when I get to Starbucks, I was like, did you just pour hot water over burnt hair? Why is why is that in here? <laughs> is Starbucks that bad? I hate Starbucks. I think it's so disgusting. Yeah. It. it I mean, I'll get like an espresso drink. But the coffee itself is so, so, like, they, they over-roast the shit out of their coffee. To me, it tastes like hot water poured over burnt hair. Doesn't sound good. I wonder if breast milk tastes better. Breast milk yeah. probably tastes better. Yeah. I'll do a, hmm? uh, I'll do a drip coffee with breast milk from Starbucks. Oh. Well, give us a call. 310-359-8365. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and like Joe just said, TikTok, all right. at the all at the dirty sports. That's right. I'm at Joe Prano on all things except for Twitter, where I'm fix your life. This weekend, this weekend, this weekend, Friday, March 10th, Bozeman, Montana, last best comedy. If you are in and around Bozeman, Montana, get your tickets now. Last best comedy. Uh, I'm doing a headlining set. It's going to be long. It's going to be fun. Uh, my first time in Montana. Hopefully, we'll have a good time. If you if you are somebody who has any sort of ins at any of the ski areas, maybe specifically Big Sky, or even know somebody, um, hit me up. Uh, it's my first time there. I don't know anything about anything. I don't even know like where to go, where to ski, where to like you know. If you have any, if you have any ins or tips or anything, discounts, whatever, hit me up. My first time in Montana, you know, Andy, I go a lot of places for comedy and I know a lot about a lot of places, especially in this grand old United States of America. I know shit about Montana. If, if it's not on Yellowstone, I don't fucking know about it. So slide in my DMS. If you even fucking know some people in Montana, but please come out and see me two weeks after that. I'll be in San Luis Obispo for some shows. Uh, keep your eye on my Instagram. We're going to do Sneaky Pete's uh, back room speakeasy comedy show if you're in the Central Coast area. And then just keep your eye on my social media for more shows to come. Cool. All right. That's our show. Thank you for all the support. We'll be back in a few days. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>